If you've ever driven on Chuckanut Drive or over I-90 to or from Eastern Washington or any rural mountain drive in the Pacific Northwest for that matter, chances are you have seen evidence of rock slides. Either rocks that have already slid down or those big nets that they put over to try to keep rocks from, from hurting cars and people as they're driving by. Rocks aren't meant to move on their own. They are inert. But when something happens in their environment, tectonic plates move or trees are removed that were holding them or erosion causes them to loosen their footing or gravity takes hold, rocks move. Rocks do not have a brain. They're not motivated by biology. They are only moved through external force. I personally love collecting rocks. A lot of you know that about me. I have a rock tumbler that I like to use too, and it's really fun for me everywhere I go. I like to gather rocks. And one of the things that I love about gathering rocks, besides the fact that from one beach, you can gather several different varieties of minerals that compose different colors and variations and shapes, is that each of these rocks has had unimaginable journeys to me. Somehow, inert as they are, they have managed to travel to parts unknown over millennia, being moved by forces beyond their control. For some reason, holding these beautiful little things that have had these incredible journeys that they had no power over gives me deep peace. Made from stardust and energy and God's breath as I am and being very, very mortal and not going to be lasting as long as these rocks, holding on to something as old as the earth that will outlive my distant memory, it just brings me such peace in God's abiding presence. So I have bowls and bowls of rocks around my house from all over the world. Any place I go, I look for something smooth and beautiful to put in my pocket and take with me. And now I've trained my daughters really well, so they grab them for me too and bring them to me. That's why I get all the best specimens wherever we go. My most favorite rocks are the little beauties that I found at Washington Park in Anacortes the day that my dad died. Holding them that day made mortality seem so small and silly these little stones that have seen centuries like days. It's interesting, then, that our scriptures this morning play with themes of rocks and quarries and cornerstones, rocks that cannot move on their own, rocks that have been blasted out of their comfortable little ribbons of earth and brought out to be useful. Sarah and Abraham were rocks like that. They left the only home that they had ever known on a wing and a prayer and a promise that God was calling them forward. Because of their spirit-led movement, all families in the world have been blessed. With their journey, the story of God and God's people enveloped far more than anyone could have imagined before. At that juncture, when these two broken, normal people stepped out on faith, moved by God, the ever-expanding boundaries of God's love, grace, and justice were made clear and have not stopped moving to this day, ever-expanding, ever-included. These two, Sarah and Abraham, were not perfect. 
they made many mistakes along the way. They laughed at God's promises. They hurt vulnerable people. They lied. They cried and they felt hopeless. But the momentum of God's grace carried them forward and provided hope for generations and an ever-expanding welcome of God. The hope from Sarah and Abraham's story that is expressed in our Isaiah text helped that community thousands of years ago and helps us still. Peter, from our gospel, is another rock like that. He was so, so imperfect. God bless him. He broke things as often as he fixed them. He is such a strange example of a foundation. He lied, he betrayed, he reacted in violence, and yet he persevered. He failed so often that no one would have blamed him for just going home and taking up fishing again. But because he allowed God to move him, lug of granite that he was, we have an incredible, tremendous example of faith that we can all resonate with. Imperfect, unreliable, and yet filled with God's grace and power. His story gives hope through the centuries. We are all rocks like this. None of us are as permanent as the rocks in the bowls that I have in my living room that are surrounding me right now. I often tell my daughters that when I'm gone, I want them to take the rocks someplace beautiful so that they can continue their journey. We are not that permanent, not in these bodies. We cannot move in faith on our own strength. Our faith is a gift from God. Our energy is a gift from God. The very breath in our lungs right now is a gift from God. So we, like Sarah, Abraham, and Peter, we get it right sometimes, and we blow it other times, and our lives are changed and moved by the Spirit of God, all the same, sinners and saints that we are. God's Spirit is the only thing that can move rocks like us for God's glory. These bodies and this earthbound life are not permanent. But we as a community of faith are a part of the most permanent thing in the universe, God's love. We, in the power of that permanence that we belong to in life and in death, and when we, when we belong to God like that, when this earthbound existence is, is finished, when this journey is finished, we have a new adventure in God's love and grace. And in the meantime, we can be stones that when moved by the power of God's love can cause landslides of grace. Moving from the power of the spirit and the energy of gravity that pulls us to love always. We can, inert as we are and imperfect as we are, be cornerstones of faith for others through our witness, through our example, through our vulnerability. With these, these, this power of, of, of God, we can disrupt old stagnant systems. We can bring clarity. If we're moved by the power 
of God. We'll mess up. We will have victories. But through it all, we will be held in what is most constant. God's love that always wins. As you are reminded of God's work through you and the way that God moves you, I pray that you would be inspired this week. And I want you to hear these words of blessing to your heart from one of my favorite poets, Jan Richardson. This is called Known, a Blessing. First, we will need grace. Then, we will need courage. Also, we will need some strength. We will need to die a little so that we what we have always thought, what we have allowed ourselves to see of ourselves, what we have built our beliefs upon, we will need this and more. Then we will need to let it all go and leave room enough for the astonishment that will come should we be given a glimpse of what the Holy One sees in seeing us, knows in knowing us, intricate and unhidden, no part of us foreign, no piece of us fashioned from other than love, desired, discerned, beheld entirely, all of our days. Amen.